Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Friday the 3rd of May. Coming up, results from local elections across the county. Absolutely delighted. The result we got tonight was better than I thought it was going to be. That's politics for you. That's how democracy works. Hundreds of children getting into grammar schools without passing Kent Test. Some children will be quite rightly admitted on appeal. Clearly there are always arguments about the particular merit of the case. And Gillingham get ready for their final game of the season. The good thing is we're not going up there needing a point or points to stay up because it would have been a very different ball game this week if that happened. Kent Online News. Counts have been taking place across Kent after thousands of us voted in the local elections. Both the Conservatives and Labour have lost seats in parts of the county, with Brexit frustration being blamed. In Folkestone, the Tories lost their majority, meaning no party has overall control of the council. Their leader, David Monk, has been giving Molly his reaction. The result we got tonight was better than I thought it was going to be, because the mood of of the voters out there, they're very, very angry um, and frustrated with uh, Westminster. And uh, we expected a, a protest vote, and we've seen a protest vote. Um, uh, in my particular instance, uh, they voted, their protest vote was not to come out and vote. So my core voters didn't come out and vote, and so I only just scraped home. Um, that's uh, part of what's happened, and we expected to be wiped out a lot more than we have been. In fact, we didn't expect to be able to be into a position to do a deal to make an administration. Yeah, sure. So obviously only 13, that's obviously 10 that you guys have lost. What What's the sort of next stages for you guys now? Uh, well, it's to form an alliance with uh, uh, others and uh, have a, an administration. Mm, sure. And that alliance, how will you obviously kind of go about that? Because like you say, obviously voters maybe aren't sort of, they're probably sort of feeling a little bit frustrated and also the fact that, like you say, not many turned out and also this protest vote, how are you obviously going to sort of win back that trust? I, I, I don't think we've lost the trust. I don't think the vote was if, uh, against what the council have been doing. Far from it. I think the council uh, today is in the best position it's been in since it was ever formed. It's not. It is all to do with national politics, uh, and uh, with a slight uh, side protest uh, uh, in Hyde over uh, Otterpool Park and the uh, Princess Parade. Certainly. And obviously, with forming that administration, how are you going to go about, obviously, sort of liaising with those other parties? Oh, well, I've already had uh, very preliminary talks with them and I've got the assurances I need to tie that up tomorrow and in, in, in firm it up. The Green Party's made some gains in the area. Their new Hythe councillors Jim Martin, Leslie Wybrow and Georgina Trelaw told us what they think is behind it. National politics had no impact on this at all. It was all about local issues. Prince's Parade, Otto town, Harbour Arm, these were all local issues that played out in the election. Yeah, sure. And also a lack of transparency, lack of accountability of the current Tory council. Um, they, have, they have been very unpopular, they've done some very unpopular things, such as proposing the development on Princess Parade, and I think there's been a very, very clear message that the people of Hyde are not going to accept that anymore. Um, and I think uh, the natural environment, um, it shows that the people of Hyde uh, are passionate about it. It's a place where the countryside meets the sea. Um, 
and you know wider environmental issues, but particularly in high, they're just so important. The Conservatives have had better results in other parts of the county. They retained control of Medway, winning 33 seats out of a possible 55. Their leader, Alan Jarrett, told us how he was feeling. Absolutely delighted. It would have been a disaster for Medway and Medway people had we lost control of the administration because we are on a trajectory of bringing growth, uh, additional prospects and wealth to Medway and only the Conservatives can deliver that in Medway. I think what the message the lecturer have sent is that the Conservatives stood on a strong positive manifesto backed by excellent service delivery for the last 19 years. Medway people have seen that, they've seen that we tell the truth, we do what we say we're going to do when we do it and that at times of really difficult national economic circumstances. So I think what they said to us is well done, carry on. Before the uh, results came in you suggested that national politics and, and Brexit sort of become quite enshrined in, in the canvassing. How do you feel, how do you think that then that message of, of local governance sort of got through if, if Brexit is on the forefront of so many people's minds? It only got through um, due to really hard work. Brexit was on the forefront of people's thinking, a lot of really fed up people, um, but that was quite relatively easy to deal with because we're all fed up as well as an administration. We're fed up with Parliament across the piece, all parties, messing up our nation and messing up um, uh, our economy, uh, our economic prospects. So it's quite straightforward, albeit time consuming, to say to people, look, Brexit is national, have we done a good job in Medway? Are you confident we can carry on doing that job? And quite clearly you've seen the result tonight. People, people have accepted that. Labour gained four seats on the council though and their leader Vince Maple says that'll make a big difference. So it means we'll have more seats on things like overview and scrutiny, which again is absolutely where some of the most important work to try and hold the council to account takes place. I have to say one of the failings of the Conservative group is actually they don't really take scrutiny as seriously, I believe, as they should. Uh, and absolutely, if it was you know, a Labour administration, I want Labour and Tory councillors to hold us to account. So absolutely you'll see more uh, Labour representation on those committees as well as some outside bodies being the voice of Medway, which is uh, important for the communities that are represented by Labour councillors. Are you surprised by any of the outcomes this one? I'm surprised at the low turnout. I mean, lots of people were telling us that, but absolutely when you see in some wards three and four people choosing not to vote, uh, that's a frustration. I'm a big believer in local democracy and local government. I think it's where most of the important decisions for people's lives are taken. But say in some wards, three quarters of people not coming out uh, is frustrating, not least because as I say, I think for a lot of people, it's because of a national issue which Medway Council uh, has very little control over. What message do you think the results are sending to the administration? So I think that we've, we've seen them perhaps in some of their more um, perceived safe areas, you know, places like the peninsula. They've obviously lost out to independent councillors. Uh, I think that's probably a message they need to listen to. And again, I think it's about not being complacent in a number of wards. Just a handful of votes separated some of the uh, Conservative and Labour council candidates. So we'll be working hard to ensure next time there's an election available, whether it's a by-election or in 2023 to do the very best we can for the people of Medway. Elsewhere, the Tories also managed to hang on to power in Dartford. Council leader Jeremy Kite had a successful campaign. Well, I'm very pleased to have uh, been returned for the people of Longfield, New Barn, Southley. It's an important ward for me. It's the ward I live in and born in. So I'm pleased to have got that back and obviously also pleased that the uh, the whole council has retained in the Conservative control. That's important to us as well. Actually, I mean, the, the turnout today has been... Uh 
was it is it what you were expecting? It is really. I mean, turnouts for local elections are always a little lower than they are for big uh, national ones. And this one is pretty much in line of where we expected it to be. Um, but we were nervous because there was obviously a lot of national background to this election. And we were worried that people were going to stay away. But it, it appears that they've come out in the, virtually the same numbers. And I mean, this time around, we've had a, a lot of uh, UKIP candidates. Yes. What do you think that was that expected? Well, it was because of the natural, uh, national situation. I think we were aware maybe a month away from the election that actually what was happening nationally was having an impact on the doorsteps. Uh, and I think UKIP obviously spotted an opportunity to uh, uh, make some headway. And so they put candidates forward, as they're entitled to do. And we fought them hard in a number of wards. And uh, uh, they haven't actually uh, taken any seats here. But obviously, they've done some damage to the, uh, the, the dynamics of some of the other votes, uh, which is, you know, what they do. That's fine. It keeps us on our toes. Um, but no, we were expecting them really. So obviously now that you're back in, what, what are some of the things that you're hoping to uh, change this time that you're... Well I think what's happened is that, that what's happening with national scene in terms of the people's disillusion with politics in the national sense gives us a bit of a cue really as to what we should be doing as a local council. We have to be focusing on things that people want us to do locally, in their community. Um, I wish I could solve Brexit. Uh, but I'm afraid it's above my pay grade. But what we can do is do things in our community and, and repay the faith that people have put into us as local candidates. So I think that's what we're going to be doing as a council, focusing on what we do, our core business, getting the, the, str the streets cleaner, getting bins collected properly, getting our lovely spaces developed, the public spaces, and developing new facilities. It wasn't such good news for Labour's leader in Dartford, Jonathan Hawkes. He lost his seat, but is praising the woman who's taking over from him. I mean, of course, I'm personally disappointed, but I'm delighted for Kelly, Kelly Green, who's been elected as the uh, new Labour councillor for Stonehouse. Like, she's going to be a fantastic councillor and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does in that ward representing people of Stonehouse. So I'd like to congratulate Thomas Oliver, who's also been elected there. Um, and they probably deserve their win, so congratulations to them. Kelly does a lot for the community, mm. so is it, is it a good thing to have that Labour candidate in there? Absolutely it is, and, and just more generally, I think you know political parties and political groups on councils benefit from having kind of regular new people coming through the ranks. It doesn't do any of us good for the same old faces to be on the council year after year after year. So while it will take a bit of getting used to for me, actually I think the Labour group will be in good hands with the uh, 10, I think, that are whatever it is that we've got elected now and those those new Labour councillors will, will take on the mantle from the old Labour councillors which is how it should be and I'm looking forward to seeing how they do. Over in Canterbury there's been a big shock as former council leader Simon Cook has lost his seat to Lib Dem Mike Soule. He seems to be staying upbeat though. That's politics for you, that's how democracy works and, and our system is all the better for it. So what reasoning would you put it behind, do you think, what's happened here? I haven't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to say. People vote for all kinds of reasons. Maybe it's national issues, local issues, whether someone's knocked on the door or they got a leaflet. I mean, I, I just absolutely wouldn't like to say why anyone's voted the way they have. Um, clearly, national issues would have played a part, but whether that's a big part or a little part, um, very difficult to say. Um, but, you know, I wish whoever um, uh, leads the council next all the very best because this is a fantastic, beautiful city and it deserves the very best care. So is there any regrets as to decisions that were made? Yeah. Look, I was a huge, I'm a hugely regretful to have lost, but you know, I think every, every decision that I and the rest of the Conservative group have taken have been 
for the best of, of Canterbury in our, in our opinion. We think we've done, we spent four years working our damnedest to do our very best for Canterbury and I think over those four years Canterbury is a better place for us. You can find out all the other results from across Kent and who's representing your area now at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online reports. Police want to speak to anyone with dash cam footage after a crash in a Kent village left a pedestrian in a life-threatening condition in a London hospital. The woman was hit by a silver Toyota on Brenchley Road in Horsmanden near the junction with Furnace Lane on Tuesday morning. A coroner's ruled a Kent burglar stabbed to death by a 79-year-old homeowner was lawfully killed. 37-year-old Henry Vincent from Swale broke into the house in Hither Green in south-east London in the middle of the night in April last year. Richard Osborne Brooks got a knife from his kitchen and said Vincent ran into the blade. A man who smashed his way into a shop in Canterbury and stole more than £50,000 worth of jewellery has been jailed for 12 years. People inside the store on Castle Street had to run to safety last December when 31-year-old Patrick McDermott from Brixton came in and started breaking glass counters and display cabinets. Another suspect is yet to be identified. Kent Online News. New figures show grammar schools in Kent admitted more children who had failed the selection test than anywhere else in the country. The stats show more than 1,500 pupils in 2017 either successfully appealed or were reclassified by primary head teachers. Comprehensive Future, which carried out the research, says it suggests some grammars are struggling to fill places. Roger Goff's in charge of education at Kent County Council. Well, clearly, overall, we believe that uh, grammar schools should focus on pupils who are suitable to benefit from that uh, that sort that education uh, that is the point of the process and um in most cases that is what applies um clearly uh, we have the process of the kent test um uh, and that uh, and that is then followed also by a what are called head teacher panels uh, which review uh, cases of children who may have come very close and uh, uh, where there is clear evidence that they would be uh, grammar suitable. Now, above and beyond that, you then have a position where after offers have initially been made, um, then clearly there is scope for appeal and some children will be quite rightly admitted on appeal. Clearly, there are always arguments about the particular merit of the case. Uh, and we would see all that as a normal part of the process. Clearly, if you were to have a situation where uh, there is wholesale filling up of uh, places uh, by children who are uh, not uh, have not been assessed suitable for grammar and that's happening on a very large scale, then that is something we absolutely would deprecate. It's not good for those children. It's not good for local schools. Um, but uh, we, in most cases, it's worth remembering that most grammar schools across the county uh, are actually fully subscribed and indeed oversubscribed on offer day, uh, which is when you're looking at children who have already at that stage passed the Kent test or, or been assessed suitable by the head teacher panel. Um, there is anecdotal evidence of some cases, but it's not, I think, something that is, uh, in fact, I'm sure it is not something that is widespread. Um, and as I say, most grammar schools, uh, in any case, are well subscribed uh, on uh, offer day. Uh, and, and in some cases, actually, 
massively oversubscribed and clearly all those uh, all those children who've been offered uh, places there at that point will have been through uh, the Kent test process in most cases or the head teacher panel, but the bulk of them actually through the Kent test process. I think we we can always uh, see when if if something uh, un, unusual were to happen. Um, clearly, there is a difficulty with um, appeals processes by their very nature are after the main admission round um, and naturally are to some extent a matter between uh, families and the school. So there's always going to be a slight difficulty with uh, uh, getting comprehensive picture. But nonetheless, I think overall we have a fair handle on uh, what happens, certainly if there was to be anything, as I say, that was on uh, a scale that caused concern. Kent Online Sport. Football and managerless Gillingham travel to Blackpool tomorrow for their final game of the season. Mark Patterson will be in charge of the side again after Steve Lovell was unexpectedly sacked a day before last weekend's game against Charlton. Pato says the disruption isn't affecting players too much. For most of them, they've been through it before at different clubs. It's it's something that does happen at clubs regularly up and down the country. One or two, it's probably the first time they've experienced it, but they've had a few days to get used to it now, and I think they they understand that's what happens in football at times, whether it's right or wrong for them, and they've all got their different views on it, but they've all trained properly, as you'd expect, and, and they're all fine and ready for Saturday's game. I think every player wants to know what's going on because they want to know who they're going to be playing for, and, and there are a few players at the club who are out of contract, and it does create slightly uncertain times for them, but it's no more uncertain for the rest of them because a new manager might not want some of the players we've got here. So... They're all, they've all asked the question, but they all know that when we know what's happening, they'll all be told in due time, in due course. There's no need to change anything. You know, there's no reason for us to do that. Sometimes I feel if you, if you would do that, you'd lose the respect of the players because that might say that you weren't fully focused on what was going on before. Um, we've, we've trained the same, we've trained as normal, we've had our, our usual sessions and we're just preparing for Saturday. And as you say, the good thing is we're not going up there needing a point or points to stay up because... It would have been a very different ball game this week if that happened. You look at the clubs in the bottom four and just out of it who've got different uh, agendas this week, whereas we've been able to relax a little bit and, and prepare quite calmly for Saturday without getting too too uptight about the whole thing. We know all about their players and they're an honest, hard-working bunch of lads and they've got some got some good quality in there. We, we know that it's like every game in this league. You have to be on your game and if you're not, then you'll come off second best. But we know going up there that we have to work hard, we have to stay in the game, we have to do things properly because they're, they're targeting a the top 10 finish, which will be a great achievement. The Jills are 15th in the League One table going into the game. And finally today, a man's hoping to raise £10,000 by cycling from Ashford to Devon on his stag do. Andy Farron's taking eight friends and his 74-year-old dad on the 320-mile journey to his wedding venue. They're setting off on Sunday and hope to get there by next Wednesday in time for the ceremony three days later. The cash they raise will go to three charities which help people with dementia, breast cancer and mental health issues. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is is the Kent Online Podcast.